0: It's a tackle, watch out, burst of speed, look at this
2: freshman!
1: Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio.
3: Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk some fantasy football, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis, too. Last week, if you were here with us, I talked about all my favorite breakout NFL players for the 2020 NFL season this week with the first round of real Power Five conference college football games now completed, it's time to really dig into how all the top NFL draft prospects fared in Week One. And so yes, we'll be kind of going back and forth between college, NFL, recruiting, Hall of Fame talk, all over the place. We've been uh, really covered the full spectrum in the first eleven episodes so far, but with the excitement of college football no time better than right now to cover the next generation of nfl playmakers but before we dive into that topic and all of the future nfl star performances from this past weekend and a few disappointing performances as well Just going to kick it off with this week's FFPC Stat Attack of the Week, the best place to play season-long fantasy football. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that the Oklahoma Sooners scored 28 points in in the first 10 and a half minutes against Missouri State this week, which put them on pace for a ridiculous 155 total points scored in the game had they maintained that pace. But thankfully for Missouri State, Oklahoma took Spencer Rattler out almost immediately thereafter and mercifully drained the clock for the following three quarters, only scoring 20 more points in the contest. So, you know, getting up to 48 after they just scored 28 uh, in basically no time whatsoever. That was the fastest a team's gotten to 28 points over the entirety of the last two college football seasons, to my knowledge. And it might even be further back that we, we really just haven't seen any team do what they did. Obviously, it's just Missouri State, but uh, it's looking pretty good for the Lincoln-Riley offense, even though they're replacing quarterback again. Spencer Rattler looks like he he should be a Heisman candidate for the Sooners. And that is your FFPC stat attack of the week. MyFFPC.com is where you can go check it out. The best place to play fantasy football all year long. But kicking it off, just diving into the topic right away, we got to talk about the man of the hour, and I should probably make make that a segment, because last week it was Antonio Gibson, all the hype he's been generating on the NFL side, but on the college football side, a guy who kind of came out of nowhere and will definitely be capturing some hype in the coming weeks, especially if he can do anything near what he did this past week for Notre Dame, is Kyron Williams, man of the hour, Kyron Williams, running back, Notre Dame. Had 19 carries, 112 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, two receptions, 93 receiving yards on those two receptions. So he had 205 yards from scrimmage in his first start ever against a pretty good Duke defensive line this week for Notre Dame. And really, with with the 2022 NFL draft class, you know, being kind of weaker at the running back position as far as we know right now, Kyron Williams will immediately insert himself into the running back one conversation for that class with just a couple more good weeks here in a row. He's a redshirt freshman. If you're not familiar with him, he was, you know, barely even on the team, you know, very limited action last year. So he actually saved his redshirt. And that just looks stupid now because like they were playing Tony Jones, Jafar Armstrong, who's more of a wide receiver. And gadget piece they, they just didn't have great options at the position and really I, I think coming into this year I thought Chris Tyree the, the big recruit for Notre Dame was going to be the guy that, that could get more work on, on some weeks because he's you know the team's fastest exciting running back and the most athletic recruit they've had in years but it's Kyron's backfield now uh, because I mean he just absolutely exploded and even on Kyren, Chris Tyree's limited touches he, he was not efficient whatsoever he looked more like a change of pace back He'll probably build build some on his frame. He'll get a little thicker. He'll he'll get better. He is a true freshman after all. But Kyron Williams is going to beast in 2020. So that's one thing I, I did not see coming. I, I did uh, make some great calls in other places, other offenses. But I, I just thought, you know, Kyron Williams, if he was really good enough to push through, he would have done it last year. But now he's got to be ranked inside the top 100 Devi prospects or players. If you play in Devi kind of developmental uh, fantasy football leagues where you can roster college players before they're even in the NFL, if not probably top 60 here soon, if he just has a couple more stellar performances on a really good offense with Notre Dame. So yeah, man of the hour, Kyron Williams, write the name down, running back for Notre Dame redshirt freshman, just killed it, 205 yards from scrimmage, look for more of that here very soon if he's doing that in week one. On the other side of that game, I I, I do like both Jalen Calhoun, wide receiver, and Noah Gray tight end, to get some draft capital in 2022 with Calhoun in 2021. With Gray, respectively, Calhoun actually posted a twenty percent dominator last year, even though the offense was incredibly inefficient with a uh, lackluster quarterback. Uh, but and Gray really should probably lead the re- the team again in receiving touchdowns and, and push for top five tight end status next spring. Definitely interested in those guys, but they're way later, way down the boards. Don't be reaching for them in your your Divya leagues unless you're in like a super deep kind of college dynasty. To Pro league, like a college to Canton league, Uh, but uh, definitely some names to know for future draft consideration. But another beast that broke out that was going to be the man of the hour if it weren't for Kyron Williams is actually Cameron Harris, running back, Miami. I know a lot of people didn't watch the game because Miami played UAB this week and they played at the same time as the Thursday night NFL. Football game. So most people had their eyes elsewhere. But if you did tune in, you saw Cameron Harris go off for 144 yards from scrimmage and do it in just an impressive fashion, consistently dominating the entire first half. And two weeks ago, John Lobb and I actually talked about the situation being perfect for him to break out in Miami. They've got new offensive coordinator and Rhett Lashley. He came over from SMU. He loves to feature one back. And really, Cameron Harris's only real competition for touches are two true freshmen. I I, I like the two true freshmen. They're both four-star kids, especially Jalen Knighton, who looked pretty good this past week. But it looks like Harris is going to be the feature, and they don't have alpha receivers besides Brevin Jordan, who's actually a tight end, who scored the only touchdown through the air for the Miami Hurricanes this week against UAB. But I mean, 144 yards from scrimmage in week one. He and Eric King at quarterback are going to be explosive in the run game this year. Uh, I mean, Harris... Was already good enough to split time last year with DJ Dallas, almost 50 50. Who, you know, and DJ Dallas ended up being a fourth round pick this spring, uh, now playing for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. So if if Harris has a true feature back season this fall, he could be a day two running back. He's got the build, he's got the vision, and he will have the production after this year. So I'm, I'm now, I was not excited about Cameron Harris. I am now probably going to have to rank him here soon. 2021 looked like a super top-heavy class as we entered the year with Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, maybe Chuba Hubbard, maybe a couple other backs, but it, you know, it, it's it's filling out nicely if we can get Cameron Harris and a few other guys to kind of fill in the gaps and, and emerge late here as we go down the stretch in 2020. But beyond him, I mean, my uh, other guys for Miami looked really good. I mean, like I said, I already mentioned Derek King. He, he has one of the best adjusted passing profiles in college. Didn't look like it so much. He looked a little rusty, to be honest. But I, I, I'm sure he'll figure some things out, especially if he wants a legit shot at an NFL draft stock at all. Brevin Jordan, still a top three tight end for next year. It looks like a really top-heavy tight end class with with Brevin Jordan from Miami, with Kyle Pitts from Florida, and Pat Faramuth. even though he's going to miss the entire season for Penn State. Those three are all going to be in the first round discussion uh, as, as top tight end prospects. We, it wasn't We didn't have very many of those this year. This year's draft, but it looks like three guys could be in that conversation. Brevin Jordan, the only touchdown this past week for Miami, looks like he's in a good spot. And on defense for them, Quincy Roche continued his dominance as a pass rusher with a sack and a hurry for Miami. And UAB's Jordan Smith, a guy I really like, also a defensive end. Actually racked up nine tackles, two tackles for a loss, and a QB hurry himself. So look for Smith also for again for UAB actually to have a huge year and potentially see some some draft capital next spring. And, and keeping in the ACC, uh, let's just talk about someone who disappointed, at least for him, uh, by by the standards, or standards we're used to associating with him, but still got the W this weekend. Sam Howell threw just one touchdown pass and two interceptions against Syracuse this past weekend. That was the first time, this is ridiculous, I probably should have used this as the FFPC stat attack of the week, but this is the first time since October of Sam Howell's senior high school season that he threw for less than two touchdowns in a game again sam sam howell if you're not familiar with him perhaps the the quarterback one for the 2022 nfl draft had a crazy season last year 36 touchdowns which is just absurd for a true freshman he doesn't even have that much competition for the quarterback one conversation just yet besides maybe keaton Slovis, and we've talked about him before as well but for north carolina we expected him to come out shooting you know getting like three touchdowns out of the gate and the, the line on that game was just ridiculous they were supposed to easily coast to like 45 points didn't happen especially because the first half was a little slower but he cleaned it up in the second half looked more like himself and actually finished with almost about uh, 300 yards passing And uh, he's still definitely on pace to be the quarterback one. Uh, And really, at this point, should still likely face off with Clemson for the ACC title this year, unless uh, a quarterback, I'll get to here shortly, has anything to do with it. But I think it's probably going to be North Carolina facing off with Clemson in the ACC title, much thanks to Sam Howell Uh, and really the playmakers around him. Because my my, my dude, Javante Williams, I, I mean, like he he's been really efficient uh, last year, he had the most yards after contact per target on receptions last year in all of college football, and he didn't show his his receiving chops this weekend, but he actually found the end zone three times on the ground for UNC, just eating it up, just about perfect inside the five, inside the 10, just, just getting those touchdowns. And his backfield mate, uh, Michael Carter, actually caught six receptions. Both should be in the mix for round four or five capital if they keep this up all season long. My favorite wide receiver on the team, Diami Brown, a guy I believed deserves day two NFL draft consideration, was the lead receiver. No surprise there for the Tar Heels with 94 yards on six receptions. And if he dominates this deep receiving core again, he should have a top five adjusted production index. If you've heard me talk about that before, a very meaningful number that we like to rely on here, Rotoviz to predict NFL success he should have a top five adjusted production index score in in what is a really stacked 2021 wide receiver class I mean he's got plenty of reps already on his resume torching future NFL quarters and he'll do that all year so I'm really excited again Diami Brown he should be the leader there He, he could come back after this season but he's probably gonna have a good enough profile to come out a uh, year ahead of time. Daz Newsome, his uh, counterpart, primary slot receiver last year for North Carolina, struggled. He still could get drafted day three, as well. This this final year is going to be huge for him. He's going to have to have better than you know just a couple catches for 25 yards if he wants to do that. But on the other side of the ball, I, I will mention one name because Andre Cisco at safety is really a top 50 player in the country. A name definitely to know if you play defensive. Uh, fantasy football leagues or if you just like defensive football Andre Cisco, normally really productive even as a tackler only had three tackles all game and really didn't do much else but he did keep Sam Howell guessing deep early on I think it, he did contribute to set up the first deep interception uh, by Sam Howell he just wasn't the guy who made the play and then back to North Carolina's defense Chaz Surratt the top 2021 NFL draft prospect for North Carolina snagged two sacks, two quarterback hurries, and led the team with nine tackles. He's just all over the ball. Linebacker, I mean, I'm not sure what he really profiles as at the next level, but he's going to be an early pick. He and Andre Cisco for Syracuse, the safety, are both likely top 50 players to keep an eye on all season long. Some of the ACC's best that they have to offer. But before we move on to some even some more breakouts and and, well a few more disappointing performances of some top NFL prospects from the first full slate of college football action, just a word from our sponsors. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. And many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sundays, Sundays, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. At RotoViz, we love titles.
1: We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the Underdog Fantasy Best Ball Mania $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 to first place. It's only $25 to enter. It's a no brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to UnderdogFantasy.com or download their great Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store on your smartphone device. And you're going to make a deposit you're going to use code rotoviz when you make that deposit then you're going to go refer five friends and underdog and rotoviz will give you a free entry into the best ball mania tournament so it's it's kind of like a two for one you sign up you put in 25 bucks you enter the best ball mania tournament you get five buddies to play you use code rotoviz you get a free entry no brainer guys let's chase that glory 200 grand if 25 dollars is too pricey for you They've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win twenty grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name. You see the ownership. You see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code Rotoviz and chase that glory.
3: All right, so we covered a lot of the the ACC big name players, even on both sides of the ball here so far from this first full Power 5 or Power 3, I guess, conference action, Uh, but over to the Big 12, it's not as promising, at least from a whole team perspective. The Big, Big 12 conference absolutely embarrassed themselves in the early parts of the weekend with Kansas State and Iowa State losing to Arkansas State and Louisiana Lafayette, respectively. And man, I mean, Brock Purdy, the Iowa State quarterback, he was probably the biggest disappointment of the entire day. I mean, he was, if you're not familiar with Brock Purdy, he he blew up pretty early on, had a really solid year last year, even behind a really, maybe bottom 10, bottom five offensive line in college football. It was still productive. He's had a season over, you know, the nine and a half adjusted yards per pass attempt that we like to see in predicting. Uh, future NFL draft capital here but you know I was kind of worried going into the season you know about actually continuing to rank him highly just mainly because of his surrounding cast I mean he he's going to be in a year where he's trying to prove his draft stock uh, but he's surrounded by still a completely rebuilt offensive line that somehow was worse than last year at least it looks like that in terms of pass protection. And he has got no proven wide receivers. Tariq Milton was supposed to be the dude. Xavier Hutchinson, they were talking him up in camp. He was a Juco guy they just brought in. Sean Shaw was supposed to be the guy to step up. Charlie Kohler actually missed. He actually was out today. So he was, again, without his safety net at tight end. So his surrounding cast struggled to to catch the ball to protect him and and pass protection at the offensive line and really the only thing that went right was the running game kind of because Brees Hall just said hey I've got to make a play but man Brock Purdy you know a guy who's in the first round of of NFL draft consideration ended the day completing 40 percent of his passes for 145 yards zero touchdowns against a group of five conference team in Louisiana I mean that's a quick way to just go go from first round prospect to completely undrafted. So I mean at this point if you have Brock Purdy on any any Devi fantasy football rosters you're going to have to hold him until he goes off against you know somebody cuz he's got a bunch of junk time late and then sell 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 cuz Purdy is not going to go uh very high. He's not going to be a first round pick at this point I mean with one performance like that it's going to take the whole season to recover Brock Purdy Iowa State hard pass avoiding completely selling as soon as he goes off which I wish I wasn't saying that but that's just that's just kind of where we are with Purdy at this point and it's not probably going to get any better this year so find somebody who believes he can still be a first round pick and uh, go sell him if you can but you know like I said the bright spot was Brees Hall uh, the running back he's a true freshman last year had a great season, uh, <laughs> about a, a good of a season that you, you could have behind one of the worst offensive lines in football. He, he fought through that, and even today he fought through that. Uh, even this weekend he fought through that uh, and um, still somehow managed to get 103 rushing yards in this score for Iowa State. Uh, but man, the offense just looked like hot garbage across the board. So that's probably going to continue to kill Hall stock uh, past this week, you know, despite him getting to 103 rushing yards. It was against It was against the team he should have put up 200. Uh, So I would sell high right now because I think more and more 2022 NFL running backs are going to start to ascend. Some of the guys we were excited about a year ago are going to get back into the conversation and he's going to quickly fade. You know, his price tag is going to drop by a full round or two of average draft position in our nerdy debbie leagues if you play in that format anyway but on a brighter big 12 note one of my favorite late round wide receiver prospects sam james for west virginia actually grabbed a quick five receptions for 72 yards and a score uh, really early in the game before being really essentially just benched early uh, for west virginia because they got up by like a billion points because they were playing an fcs team but sam james was peppered all last season with targets they just couldn't get him in the end zone. There was really horrible quarterback play from Austin Kendall there. They they've upgraded a little bit with Jarrett at, at QB. Uh, I think he has the opportunity to post a, a really solid production numbers. Uh, get up to maybe a 30% dominator this year if he can continue getting some touchdowns. So definitely a name to know Sam James, West Virginia, wide receiver. Uh, he should be the high volume play there if you play, you know, DFS for college football as well. But as the day progressed on Saturday, uh, you get to the later games and there were some, you know, names that should have been more exciting than they were <laughs> when you get to the Florida State game because they've, they've got some top playmakers uh, and and they were not what we thought they were probably going to be, at least this week. But the the kind of exciting thing, and we'll get to him on a later show, Jeff Sims actually ended up getting the start for Georgia Tech uh, as a true freshman. We'll dive into him on, on future shows, especially if he kind of uh, shows to be a little more consistent. You know, he threw two picks early, but he settled down. Georgia Tech is trying to completely rebuild their offense. They have been, you know, this this weird option mess of a gross offense with no real quarterback play ever for a while now. Uh, and Jeff Collins came in. He's like, look, we're tearing this thing down. We're going to start recruiting. We're in a good spot to recruit and get a bunch of uh, real athletes in here to make a difference. So Jeff Sims at quarterback is the first step in that process to really – revamp an offense he could be what they build around Uh, Jordan Mason was a step in the right direction at running back they've got Jameer Gibbs there that could pan out but he didn't do anything this weekend Georgia Tech's going to be a school to watch as they get you know closer to what we call a typical offense uh, for college football in the coming years but they actually beat Florida State which was impressive I mean Florida State was up 10-0 and just couldn't finish it off like they were up really early 10 to 0 and then just couldn't score they scored three points the rest of the game part of that was due to scary terry Tamorian terry 6'4 215 pounds of him you know one of the fastest wide receivers in all of college football dropped uncharacteristically dropped what would have been a 60 plus yard touchdown on a deep corner route from uh, James Blackman, but even so, he still managed six catches and 52 yards, so not typical scary Terry numbers, but he was he was so close to, to what would have been an explosive 110-plus yard performance had he just caught that one ball, so he's he's always going to be one play away from a re- ridiculous week. When you, you've got, like, legit 4-4-something four, four wheels at 6-4, you're going to be putting up some crazy numbers, so don't sell on Terry, don't give up on him, it's just week one, you know, he's, he's maybe a little rusty to cause that little drop there, but he's an elite speed guy that's going to be day two uh, a day two pick at, at you know worst case scenario but the running back that i was excited about thought you should be excited about anyway was J- jay Sean corbin former texas a&m running back transferred over mike norvell brought him in i thought man jay Sean corbin is 220 pounds he ha- he can catch the ball he was an he, he made the all sec freshman team his first year for texas a&m got injured early in the year lost his job to isaiah spiller uh, who could be the 2022 running back? One moves on, but goes to a situation where Mike Norvell likes to feed his running backs, likes to feed them crazy, crazy numbers, and pushes them outside in situations where they can succeed. I, I think I talked about him with John Lobb a couple weeks ago, and in my you know college football breakouts piece for RotoViz, he was supposed to be the guy, but this other JUCO transfer, Ledamian Webb, actually. Carried the ball 13 times for 39 yards, which is absolutely gross. Uh, no idea why they're giving him the ball. Uh, he just was garbage, uh, was not great in pass pro, and caught the ball zero times. While Corbin actually saw like 10 targets and had, I think, eight receptions and was the team's leading receiver on the day out of the backfield, Corbin is the clear feature back, and eventually I'm thinking Mike Norvell will figure this out and have him be the primary runner soon enough as well, because... Ja'Sean Cor- Corbin literally weighs 30 pounds more than LeDamian Webb. He's, he's a much thicker, able-bodied feature back. He's a better receiver, better in pass pro, better at everything. So if Mike Norvell, you're listening to this podcast, get your craft together. If you actually want to win one game and start your best running back, give him the rock. That's it. Because, I mean, Ja'Shawn Corbin is a legit talent. Don't screw around with some Juco transfer just because you promised him to get some touches. Disappointing performance by both Scary Terry, Tamorian Terry, and Ja'Shawn Corbin. But I think they both should be eventual NFL draft picks and, and, uh, you know, turn the game around. So it's not over. It's just one week. But uh, definitely was expecting more out of both of them. Moving on to a team that anyone actually cares about because Florida State hasn't been good in five years. <laughs> Sorry, Florida State fans. Clemson Tigers. That, that's what everyone wants to talk about because basically their entire defense is going to get drafted. Uh, even their true freshmen that are coming in are just nasty. Uh, they've got tre- Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be the first round pick next year, first overall pick next year. And that's what he looked like today. A couple rushing scores, a few touchdowns through the air like 350 yards passing just just coasted made it look easy still the obvious uh, over a first over up pick next spring really heavily targeted amari rogers uh in in tight end Braden galloway significantly early on did did find joseph and who who i've talked about uh some on the podcast before Talked about him on my college football breakout piece for roto I think he still is the best wide receiver for NFL draft prospect purposes on the team. He's that 6'3", 210, legit long speed. You know, he looks like Julio Jones if, you, if, you, if you're looking at him on the field. But he needs to get more targets on the boundary, Uh, you know, later in, in the season. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that when they actually are remotely close and they need a big play... By the end of the year, Joseph and God is going to be making all those plays, just like T. Higgins was uh, a year ago. And again, I mean, they've got just a stable of of running backs. Travis Etienne was just balling out, but they actually went to Kobe Pace and Demarcus Bowman, five star freshman running back. They were giving everybody touches all over the place in the backfield once they got up big against Wake Forest. But Clemson's essentially their whole offense could get drafted and their whole defense could get drafted we could talk just one whole podcast about them but Trevor Lawrence big name but Amari Rogers and Braden Galloway pleasant surprises if they can rely on Galloway as a tight end option he could work into some draft capital Amari Rogers probably caps out in the uh, mid-ranges mid-rounds just not a great NFL athlete necessarily but he, he could produce for Clemson and will produce all year in that same game though I was really ecstatic just about Donovan Green because another player I talked about in my college football breakout piece for Rodoviz talked about him on the podcast a few times, a few other shows. Uh, he kicked off the game against Clemson with three first half receptions for 76 yards and two of them he absolutely destroyed Andrew Booth who was one of the top-rated cornerback prospects or recruits coming in last year. Booth probably has an NFL future, but Green just absolutely mossed him on one of the first early receptions and also just stacked him and got behind him on another. Green, I mean, he's got probably the best target opportunity in the nation. Last year, he already, in the four games that he played, he actually took about a quarter of Wake Forest's receiving production. Still, you know, only played in four games, so he preserved his red shirt season. But Donovan Green is in a situation where, I mean, Wake Forest is missing 233 receptions from last year's offense. Like, that, that's a ton of departed production, and he's going to dominate the receiving offense all year long. Uh, you know, later in the game, when it got to junk time, he was no longer the target, and really early on, they started bracketing him when it was still close. Uh, but I think in a normal game script, he's going to be the guy. And I think he could eventually post maybe close to 90th or 95th percentile dominator and, and yards per team pass attempt numbers that we like to see here at roto as far as NFL prospects go by the end of this season. So keep an eye Don- uh, on Donovan Green, Wake Forest. He should go off as the year progresses. And a few more names just as we kind of round out the first full weekend of action here mikhail cunningham i mean i've talked about him on the show before i've talked about him on other po- other podcasts here recently uh he plays for you know louisville but he's not he's not lamar jackson that's not what i'm saying but he is my dark horse heisman candidate that's this year that at one point i think you could get him on a bet at like plus 5500 to win the heisman and man he he actually blew it up his overall stat line was solid great but what his first half was was just absurd. Like, I mean, he started off with two deep, beautiful passes early against against Western Kentucky for the first score. And by halftime, he was 13 of 21 passing for 229 yards and two touchdowns through the air and another touchdown on the ground. And that's just, again, one half. 229 yards passing, two touchdowns through the air, one on the ground just in the first half. It really took their foot off the, the gas pedal a little bit in the second half. Uh, and really, he had kind of one bad throw in the whole game but just i mean was one of the most efficient passers in all of college football last year if you look at his adjusted yards per attempt the only two quarterbacks that were better than him were Tua Tagovailoa and Joe Burrow last year so he could develop even further and earn himself some real nfl draft capital this fall if he continues to be a prolific passer and rusher because he has an upside in both directions so i hope mikhail cunningham takes wolville to the next level and their defense is still trash so they're going to have to be putting up some crazy crazy points on the board just to stay in games this year uh once they get into the 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 thick of their acc schedule so remember mikhail cunningham if you can, if you want to you know, put a dollar on uh, you know five plus five thousand ish odds. Still, you can go do it. <laughs> but Mikhail Cunningham is just exciting and an electric playmaker. Somebody that that needs to rise up draft boards really quickly. Here, this is going to be his first full season at at starter for them. Already impressive before, but man, he's going to be. He has the potential to put up a ridiculous, not quite Lamar like season, but maybe pretty close this year. And then of course, I mean, that that's pretty much going to wrap it up for all the big NFL prospects that I'll get get into this week. I, I won't have time to cover every NFL prospect that, that plays on both sides of the ball every single week, but hopefully you guys take these names down. You can listen to this podcast again. I kept it short here for you. Just want you guys to be able to digest the, this week's college football, NFL prospects that put up some star performances and a few guys that disappointed. And, of course, Texas fans, if you're listening in, yes, they smashed UTEP because they're UTEP. That's uh, University of Texas, El Paso, for those that don't know who one of the worst Football teams in college football today is. Uh, but, you know, they were distributing targets a little bit weird, and it was good to see Tariq Black out there doing some good things. But looks like a running back by committee, Sam Ellinger, is, you know, still doing his thing, slinging the ball around for, you know, half a dozen scores. Uh, but uh, Texas, we'll, we'll get into more of their players uh, as they play a real opponent here. In the near future, but before I do sign off, though, I did mention a couple of different production metrics, like yards per team pass attempt, uh, dominator rating. Uh, even talked about the adjusted production index. If you want to see uh, kind of what production metrics mean, I, I, I did talk about uh, production metrics and what production metrics mean something with uh, Peter Howard earlier this summer. But if you want to really dig into the nitty gritty of you know how we predict the future <laughs> with Wide receiver production profiles and things like that, and other meaningful metrics for running backs and, and quarterbacks. RotoViz has so many cool tools now. Uh, and, and every year, once we get closer to the NFL draft, we have this thing called the Box Score Scout that really breaks down all the top NFL prospects. So check out RotoViz. If you want to check it out and, and get 10% off a subscription, uh, all you got to do is, is when you go to check out, use the promo code here, 2020. That's the number 2020, and then RV Radio, so that's 2020 RV Radio at checkout to get 10% off a rotovist subscription. You get content for DFS, you get content for Dynasty, you get content for year-long stuff, you get like 30 different tools that you can use to kind of measure different prospects, different NFL players, different college players. It's just a blast. I mean, there's endless stuff that you can just play with, so Check out Rotoviz, get a 10% off your subscription, and uh be looking for more content from me on the college side here soon because I'm gonna be breaking down all the, the big playmakers from the weekend in my NFL prospect weekly over there, and I'll also be building a uh college football daily fantasy projections model every single week. So if you guys like playing daily fantasy on the NFL side or even for golf, and you're already familiar with Rotoviz. That and what we do there. We've been doing college football too for the past couple of years and having pretty solid success uh, doing so. Uh, I kind of break down the top quarterbacks, top running backs, top wide receivers, give you some plays from both cash formats and tournament formats as well so be looking for that from me uh, but i'll definitely go back and forth be talking about college players nfl players get to some recruiting here and there in future shows but again thanks so much for listening leave a rate and review it really helps us only 12 episodes into the show but really have appreciated a lot of your feedback have a lot, gotten a lot of questions on on twitter you can find me on twitter at ff underscore travis m again that's at ff underscore Travis M. DMs are open, so feel free to come ask any questions on college players, NFL players, any of my weekly columns. I want to help you guys win in your fantasy leagues and just talk football any at any chance uh, that I can. But again, thanks for listening to another uh, College to Canton episode, and I look forward to you guys joining me again soon for all the many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?